Welcome to Data Leadership for Everyone. I'm your host, Anthony Algeman. Everyone needs to harness the power of data. There's a lot involved in making that happen, and this show is here to make it all a little bit easier. Think of this as an audio advice column for all of your data and leadership questions. And we're always looking for suggestions. So if you have questions or topics you'd like us to cover on the show, send an email to podcast at dl4e1.com or use our text and voicemail line at 773-888-2077. And now for today's question. So our question today, why isn't our data lake delivering what we expected? This question didn't really come from anyone in particular. I feel this question came from everyone who's ever implemented a data lake ever. And the reason being is that in my experience, I've, I've noticed that many of the data lakes that have been created out there were intended well, they were thought through, they, they really would have served a purpose. But at some point along the journey of designing and building and implementing them, the data lake failed to fully realize its dream. And it uh, tended, the, the, there's a pattern that we've seen out there that, that, data lakes tend to underperform or tend to disappoint. And that's something that we really shouldn't blame our data lake technology uh, for because it's uh, not the technology's fault. It's really, it's, it's gonna be the, it's the fault of the way we go about implementing data lakes and organizations. And so we're gonna, we're gonna look at that today. We're gonna investigate why do data lakes fail? Why do data lakes disappoint us? So. Let's start by understanding first, what, what is a data lake, right? What is a data lake? So a data lake is when we have said as a department or an organization, we need to bring our data together so that we can do a bunch of stuff with it. And this typically means that we are going to consolidate that data in a common storage area. And if you think about how data comes to you in an analytics capacity, if you want to use data for something, there's the place where you create the data, which is somewhere in the world, somewhere, uh, whether it's created by your organization or not, a lot of times if you'll have an operational system, your operational system, whatever is your operations, will create data of stuff, of things that happened where you bought something, sold something, provided a service, got revenue in for it or what have you. You're going to have these transactions. You're going to have other information about how you went to market, how you manage your customers, how you provide those services. All of this stuff creates data, right? So that data could be stored in the form of databases, database tables. Uh, it doesn't really matter how it's stored. Typically what'll happen is you'll get an extract of that data. And that this is true whether it's an internal source, internal meaning inside your organization or external source meaning outside your organization. Whether or not it's coming from internal or external sources, you are going to get that data into files. And, and a file is what you think it is. It's it's you know something you would look at on your desktop and uh, in your on your computer, and you'd see a file, and you would use that. You could open it in Excel. You could open it in a text editor. You could you know some of these files are very big, so you wouldn't be able to do that with those tools. But it's you open it with a tool. You 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 look inside it, and, and you start working with the the things that are, are contained within. A data lake basically says, hey, why don't we get a consolidated area that brings together any of these files from anywhere, from any of our sources, and let's put them into a place where we can work with them and build our understanding of what happened, what these represent. So if you think about what, what even is data, what even are these files? To me, the way I like to think about it, data is, is really our reflection of truth. It's the closest thing to truth we have. In our, in our organizations. If you want to explain, hey, how did all those sales go? Uh, data. 
is how you're going to figure that out. You want to know how much did we sell of this thing or how much uh, did it cost us to provide the service? Data. Data is going to tell you those things, right? So data is our reflection of truth. And so what we want to do with data is we want to understand that truth. And then we want to be able to act based on that truth. We want to be able to look at what is this data telling us? And then we're going to say, hey, we've learned something here. Now we can go do something better. And that's the whole point. We want to use data to improve what we do. So a data lake by concept is to say, let's get all of the data into a consolidated place where anybody can use it, or we can build applications with it, or we can build capabilities with it. And then we can manage it in such a way that all the data is more available to everyone than if it were just in a bunch of other random spots. So that's what a data leak does for us. It gives us that consolidated area. Now, just because you put a bunch of data files into a consolidated location does not mean you have a highly functioning data lake. What a data lake is supposed to do is say, okay, we're bringing all that data together. Good. Step one. Step two is helping people use it and giving them the tools that they need to use it effectively. And that's really the key with a data lake. And that's where most data lakes fall down. The data lake technology is fine. It's pretty straightforward, actually, to take all this data from the world, consolidate it into a single place and be like, hey, everybody come use this stuff. In reality, what we do and why these things are complicated is that it takes a lot of effort, I guess, technically, to go and find all of the sources of data, bring them into a consolidated place, and do that on an ongoing basis. And, and one really important thing is that you cannot just do this once and be like, hey, we populated the data lake. Hey, everybody, there's a data lake. Go at it. It's much more like water treatment, right? If we want to go with the data lake analogy, it's much more like water treatment where we have to say, hey, there's all this flow coming in, like there's all this new data being created in the world, we actually need to manage that. We need to create a process by which that data lake can constantly take in new data, take in new information that we can then give to others and help them use. So if you haven't already figured out why this gets really hairy and complicated, it's because while it's not terribly difficult in the grand scheme of things to bring all of the data into a consolidated place, it's really complicated to help people understand all of the things that they can do inside the data lake because it's it, you kind of just consolidated a big mess unless you provide the mechanisms by which people can navigate and understand what's there and then put it to use because data that is somewhere captured, available, but not findable, not usable doesn't really accomplish us anything. Because if we think about what I was just saying with the whole point of data is to understand this truth and then do something better because of it. Well, if we can't understand the data that's there, we can't do anything different because of it. This, it's just going to cost us a bunch. There's going to be no value actually created. And so why does this happen with data lakes? And and our, our goal in this conversation is not to explain all the facets of data lakes and all these things. I'm trying to give you a big picture of why this is so challenging. And maybe this can help you influence more success in, in your organization. Because I've seen it's heartbreaking. They're, they're, people are like giving up on data lakes. This has been this is not new stuff. Like we've been doing data lakes for 10, 15 years. People are giving up on the data lakes because they're like, oh, the data lake just doesn't work for us. It doesn't It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, it does. It does. It does what it's supposed to do. The problem is, the fundamental reason why your data lake is disappointing you is that you have not surrounded it with a layer that people can use, a contextual layer, contextual understanding available to people so that they can actually get at what's in the data lake. You've created this walled garden and you've put in no doors.
You've put in no doors to it. People don't know how to access it because they don't even know what's in it. All they see is the brick wall on the outside. They're like, data lake in here. There's no way to get in at it. And this and this happens for a number of reasons. We didn't mean to do it. We don't mean to create these big walled gardens of data lake and be like, ah, you know, if you can find the magic way in, then you can have access to everything. No, the, the reason we do this is that we realize that it takes a fair amount of effort to go in. I mean, I was just talking about it. a lot of effort. Pull it all the data, put it into a place, you know, keep doing it, put in all the operations. But that's really just step one. Really, the hardest part of a data lake is what ends up happening to create that ability to connect into it for people. And that's what is underinvested in. Because if you think about how technology projects work in our organizations, it's typically focusing on the technology. Rollouts of technology in internal organizations typically are focused on building the thing. Building the thing, not on how do we get people to use the thing? We've gotten lazy. We've gotten lazy in corporate technology environments because we think, oh, well, if we build it, then they'll just use it because we'll tell them we have, they have to use it, right? But if you tell them they have to use it and you still don't give them the tools that they need to use it, they're not going to use it. They're certainly not going to use it well. And that's where we have the problem with, with data leaks. Now, think about a technology project, right? Chances are that technology project was doing well for a while, everything was green, everything was good. You start to get close to the original uh, rollout date. And as you get closer, things start to turn to yellow, turn to, to red in some cases. Oh, we better push out that date. We're not gonna quite have all the features ready. It, it's, things are taking a little bit longer than we expected. Let's push that date out a little bit. And you push the date out and then you realize, oh wait, you know, we're, we're finally getting this stuff done. But typically what'll happen is you'll start to condense the amount of time that you've allocated for things like uh, testing and things like user acceptance and user training. Sometimes you don't even think about user training at all because you're just focused on the building the thing. Well, building the thing, important. Yes, got to get that right. But if you don't test the thing, got problems in a data environment. And if you don't help people understand how they need to connect into it, even if you built the doors into your walled garden in your data lake, which sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I've actually very rarely seen really good context around data lakes. It's complicated. People don't realize how much work is in that. Like you should really understand that creating that context around a data lake is about as much work as creating the data lake itself. Um, in some cases, more. Uh, you need different kinds of tooling for that. And you need to have a different way of thinking about how do we present information that doesn't sit still, is constantly changing, and people have different needs and different relationships with what that data is going to be so that they have to find different ways into it that are maybe not predictable right now. And so like, how do you create that kind of extensibility through that contextual layer? It's as complicated as creating the data lake itself. It's actually more complicated. I'm, I was trying to try to ease into it. It's more complicated than creating the data lake itself because people need a lot more context. They need a lot more uh, soft stuff than a machine does. A machine, you can say, hey, do this thing with this data, transform it this way, and put it over there. It doesn't. It doesn't even complain. It doesn't even need to take breaks. It just does it. But a person is going to say, okay, well, the data is there, but is that the data I need to use? It's a much harder question. And even things like our AI tools, we just had an episode on AI. Our AI tools don't know. They don't, there's nobody who knows for sure what that answer is unless we document, unless we infer it, unless we're really thinking about it systemically. 
and how we help people understand, oh, use this data until this date, and then you're going to use something else when we have uploaded a, a refresh of that data. How often do you see that any kind of data catalog, this is a good question, any kind of data catalog, meaning anything that tells you about data, so anything that provides you context of data or anything that provides you a map of what you should or shouldn't be using, how often have you seen this data will be good for you to use until this date? I very rarely, if ever, have seen that actually in an organization. I've seen plenty of things saying, like, this is the right version. This is our current version. I've also seen that not be true. I've also seen it be, like, really old when they say it's the current version. But aside, the, the key is we need to manage life cycles of data in a data lake in a number of different capacities. We need to understand, does this data have a limited shelf life? Is this data going to be replaced by something that's newer, that's going to be better for people to use under most circumstances? Is this data sometimes useful, other times not, depending on what people want to use it for? And if you think about all of those pieces and, and you start to say, well, isn't that something that helps us understand whether or not we should use data, that sounds an awful lot like data quality. Because and, and we don't have time to go deep into data quality in this episode, and I can assure you we will in future episodes. But data quality being the suitability of for use of any particular data. So the suitability of use of data is, is what data quality fundamentally is. Can I use this data for the thing I want to use this data for? If so, the data is of sufficient quality. If not, the data is not of sufficient quality. I either need to find other data or make that data more available or not do the thing I wanted to do. Right? So that's, in a nutshell, what data quality is really about. Isn't then... The problem with our data lakes in that people don't know what the data is that they should use and how they should access and then the, the mechanics of actually doing all of the access and work with the data, isn't that then fundamentally a data quality problem just kind of hiding in plain sight? The problem with data lakes is data quality, is that in data lakes, we, we don't first, in, in the old way of doing this, data lakes used to be. Or, or the, the, the old way of doing this, what we would used to do in populating a data warehouse is that we would go through any of the data that we wanted to put in a data warehouse, we would go through and we would understand and create a model for it. And, and we would understand how all this data connects to all the other data we're putting in the data warehouse. We would create this big, what we would call normalized model. And that would help connect all of the data. And a data lake, we don't bother with any of that. We're like, we're going to just pull it all into the one place and then we're going to deal with it later fine, but you still have to deal with it later. And and if you don't provide tools for people to deal with it quickly later, then you're going to have it be much harder to use that data by definition, right? So that's where if we can put into a data lake an ability to assess and understand the data quality, which is, remember, the suitability for use of that data, then people can start to use that data more effectively. And that's the challenge with these data lakes is that we think about, oh, the data lakes about putting the data in the same place and then giving people access to it. Yay. No, that's not enough. What we need to do is say, here's the data. Here's how you assess for yourself based on what you want to do. Here's how this data can either contribute or not contribute to your particular use. Because we don't get to control how people are going to want to use the data in the data lake. The whole point is that we are providing this data lake for anybody to use the data that they should have access to, that they can't have access to. That's a separate conversation. But we want to give it to people to use for whatever they want within those constraints. right? Once you're in the walled garden, use it for anything that's okay. And so that creates a need to create generalized capabilities 
within this data lake for people to assess those kinds of understandings. And, and that's where in our projects to release this kind of platform, this kind of, of tool, this, this data lake uh, technology, we don't necessarily consider that if we were, and this is a good rule of thumb for anybody, uh, if you're producing technology or trying to do an internal uh, type of, of rollout of anything, think about for a moment, what would you do differently if you were taking this product to market in the real world? What is it that you would need? And how would you manage that? So you would need things like understanding of cash flows. You would need a price. You would need to um, market it and sell it to people. You would need a sales team. You would need a support team for when they have questions or they encounter problems or your your software bugs uh, that you didn't find in your robust testing process start to creep up. Those are all things that you would need. So how are you going to address those in the data lake? And a lot of times the data lake folks are like, hey, we got to global help desk that, that help desk will answer those questions we're not going to train them how to do anything we're just going to see what happens and so when people start using them, they call the help desk the help desk like we don't even know what you're talking about and they're like oh thanks and so then it's frustrating to be a person who's trying to work with this thing and so what do you do you stop working with the thing and so what ends up happening is that some data lakes will end up having like five people who have figured it all out and will use it a lot even though it, you invested millions of dollars in populating this data lake, you end up with just a handful of people who have managed to find that labyrinth path through it to actually be able to use the data lake effectively. And that's just not a good return on investment. And so that's the other thing that you would need if you were taking this to market in a true public setting is that you would need a return on investment. You would need to actually say, hey, for this amount of investment, we expect to get this amount of return. If you're internal to an organization, sometimes you'll have a chargeback model where you can actually assess dollars and cents and, and it's all money changing from one pocket to another within the organization, which I find adds a lot of friction. But nevertheless, you still have to hold yourself accountable to having some sort of return on investment. This is ultimately what determines the success of any kind of technology initiative, any kind of data lake. And so that's, that's where I think we're... We want to be starting to think more entrepreneurially as we release things like data lakes or other technology into our organizations is that we have to think about, okay, how do we create a holistic approach for this as a product? You're going to hear, and this is this is starting to become a really hot term in the data management circles is, is this whole notion of data as a product or a data platform as a product. And I think that's a really powerful message and a really important thing to be thinking about. I also think it's what we should have been doing for the last 25 years, and this isn't really anything different. But hey, I like that we're all agreeing that this is the new hot term and it's actually useful. I'm less enamored with the whole data fabric and data mesh. I think those are confusing and I don't know that they are super helpful. We'll have another episode on that at some point, I am sure. And I'll bring in an expert who actually does understand those things and thinks that they are um you know the right terminology or at least respects that terminology whereas i don't i think data as a product really covers all the ground but we'll have that conversation later again just little teaser for uh, upcoming episodes so hopefully uh, you're getting the sense that i'm not really pulling any punches and how i feel about these things because this is important information for you all to think about when it comes to data lakes when it comes to any kind of technology and hopefully this understanding of how these data lakes have kind of naturally fallen into this path of disappointing us. It's it's very clear as to why that has happened. It's the technology. The technology is fine. The technology is good. It's how we're releasing them to our folks and just not giving them the the 
tools that they need to even understand this stuff and understand like we didn't even talk about the training programs that are often missing completely we talked a little bit about the support what about the operational challenges of getting this data in all the time like are you going to go with a devops type of model are you going to go with a a traditional development team and operations team and you know how many resources are you really looking to do and what are you really trying to accomplish with bringing this data together in a data lake a lot of times data lakes had been implemented and i'm and i'm seeing other technologies so so insert your technology in into this sentence but a lot of times data lakes are implemented as a solution to a problem that hasn't been fully considered and that is we feel a symptom hey data lake when that was the hotness we just do data lake when it's something like today it's ai when it's oh let's get ai and it will solve this thing no it's uh, it's not going to and so we we need to understand all of this stuff is so interrelated and it's so tied to our business processes which are very much tied to our, the success of our businesses we we have to make sure that we aren't trying to solve a problem over here when the problem's over there and that's the the thing that we see a lot is this mis misdirection as as a strategy type of thing. Well, we can't really address the hard problem, which is that our technology people uh, don't understand what the business does. So we'll create a data lake and we'll we'll say here, business, you you can now do anything you need to, and and that's disingenuous, and you're not going to give them the tools to do it, and they're not going to have the time, nor the patience, nor the rationale to care. So help by getting it in to a place where people really can use it. And, and that comes not by just saying, here's what we're going to build for you. Here's how we're going to train you. Here's what we're going to do for you. Here's, here's what your life looks like going forward. You know what the problem is with that? All of that is a one directional flow from the technology people to the business saying, here, we know how to do your thing. Take it. Enjoy. It, it's it's on us. Uh, no, we, we need to hear the business. We need to understand what are the challenges? What are you trying to understand about your own business processes that you need help with? And how can our data lake then support that? We can connect into that. We can help them develop the tools, develop the understanding, and even give them some of that metadata or context and, and quality information that they can then use to assess and use that data in a responsible way. And so in a data lake environment, we really have to create this push and pull, this give and take, this, this bi-directional flow of information between the technology teams and the business side, because you won't get the right answer if either side is just barking at the other without really hearing what, okay, what is this technology capable of? What are the gives what are the trade-offs in this? What are the, what's the give and take uh, in, in both directions? So a couple other things to think about before we wrap up this episode. Um, if your data lake isn't delivering what it's expected and i've and i've gone through in my typical kind of mental ramblings uh throughout this episode but hopefully you found some nuggets of there we're thinking about a couple things uh to also consider so understand what were the motivations for building the data lake in the first place why did you guys go down that path or why are you considering going down that path if you're trying to avoid making the mistakes that almost everyone else has made uh how was it built did you build it with an internal team did you build it with external contractors there's pros and cons to everything there's different expertise levels and there's different uh ability to connect into the business needs and, and that really is an important piece was it rushed did you go and build this data lake in a month and be like hey we're just gonna deal with the rough edges and everything will be fine uh it's something that you're you, if you don't take a reasonable pace uh, you're going to end up having some shortcuts embedded in there so the worst case i've seen is when you've moved too fast and people cut corners, and those corners were all hidden underneath the surface. And so when you tried to go to the next level, then that's when all of the problems surface, and you realize, oh, no, 
this is way, way worse than you thought. I've, I've often joked that in the data space, every time you turn over a stone to see what's underneath, it's worse than you could have possibly imagined. And there's also a hundred more stones, which is really how it feels a lot of the time. Other couple things to think about, how was the data lake designed? How did you go about building it? Did you just say, okay, hey, cloud vendor of our choice, you know, just give us your model and we'll just use that. If it wasn't really thoughtfully designed in particular for your organization, especially some of those things that come after you create the repository, those are things to think about and, and consider. Uh, what were the educational and testing programs associated with your data lake? Again, that's something that a lot of times is an afterthought and really needs to be a first thought. How are you going to, okay, once you have this technology, how are you going to deliver it to anybody? Can you start on that even when you're just starting to design and build this thing? Start working with the business teams to get them up to speed long before the data lake is even in production. Uh, you might even learn uh, some things about how to design it even better. Uh, was all the effort put into the build and not into the delivery or operations of it? So if you're focused only on how do we build the thing, being able to deliver, support, operationalize, manage the data flows, manage the questions, help provide the training, do all of the connective things, doc documentation, a you know, perhaps a, a, an intranet site to support it and, and do all of the kinds of additional things that you would need, um, you're going to have a problem if you've put all of your energy into the build side. Uh, how do people know how to find what they need? How do they navigate it? Do you have a data catalog? Do you have data lineage capabilities? Can you look at that over time? Do you understand how data came into place? Who decided to move this data in this way? Who decided to transform this data? Was this part of a project? How does this happen? We haven't even gotten into what happens when you use a data lake and then you create really useful artifacts and then those fold back into the data lake itself and then can be used by others. That's That recursive loop is worth a whole entire show about the strategies of building large-scale data platforms. We'll talk about that another time, but that's something to think about. Uh, how, you know, Data quality, really, really important. If you don't have a data quality program in place, uh, you need one if you're doing a data lake because you will fall if you do not have data quality in a well-understood manner being functioning in your organization. Data lake is way too big to go without data quality fundamentals in place. Uh, how's the data lake operated? How do you add new data? Uh, how do you approve new data to be added? Do you have compliance concerns, privacy concerns, anything like that? How do people learn about when new data is added? So how do you notify, hey, new data is available. You might wanna use it. This data is now replacing this other data. Don't use that other data, use this new data. How do you let people know that when they need to know that? When, it, if, when they're trying to use that data? Say, oh, hey, here, surface snare. Just be aware. This data has been replaced by this other data. You may really want to consider using this other data instead. And then also, how do you manage support and help? How do you, who do who do people call for help? Whether they're just getting started, whether encountering bugs, whether they have questions on it, do you have a team to support those things? Because if you're if you're building all this capable technology and you want people to use it, you need to be able to support it when they do. So. Hopefully, this gives you some things to think about with data lakes. It is a big topic. There's a lot going on, but there's a lot of common reasons why our data lakes tend to disappoint us. So hopefully you understand that whole world a little bit better and give you some jumping off areas to dive in deeper. Certainly, if you have any other questions about what we've talked about today, reach out to me. I can follow up on another episode and follow up directly, and I'm happy to talk through it with you. So this podcast is data leadership for everyone, but if you need some data leadership for you, I want to help. Here's some options. So number one, if you have a topic or question to discuss on the show, send an email, give us a call. The email address again is podcast at dl4e1.com or use our text and voicemail line at 773-888-2077. Option two, if you would like to be a guest on the show, either to share your wisdom on a topic or discuss a particular challenge you're facing, reach out. We'll make it happen. 
Option three, I'm happy to meet with anybody to discuss your data or leadership challenges one-on-one. Sometimes all it takes is one good conversation to get you on the right path. Reach out. We'll schedule a no-cost 30-minute virtual meeting. I just want to help. Uh, and I love this. I love talking about these things. And if it's not appropriate for the show, let's let's have a conversation independently. Happy to do it. Finally, you can find all our episodes as well as other resources to help you in your data leadership journey at dataleadershipforeveryone.com. And until next time, be good to your data, be better to your business, and be best to each other. Now go make an impact. Thanks, everybody.